uh, like we, we don't need to create a currency. There's great currencies that exist in the crypto world um, and people are already aware of them, have access to buy and, and exchange for them. But like, how do you actually spend them and how do you make that a, a, as close to a web two type experience as possible? And our first foray into that was in the gift cards um, because we had a gift card platform already. Um, we now are expanding that into two other areas that we can talk about today. Living on crypto, one of the most important tools I've had has been gift card solutions that basically let you buy gift credit for any kind of like major retailers with crypto that don't necessarily accept it directly themselves yet. So about a couple of years ago when a new app called Dash Direct came out, which basically lets you do this with Dash only, but in a much smoother and better user experience than before, I thought that was pretty cool, but I didn't know that this was the beginning of a kind of crazy rabbit hole of new usability. Ionia, the company behind Dash Direct, has since gone on to do all kinds of other cool things, including integrate into a bunch of major wallets and temporarily, in it's going to come back soon, hopefully, do a prepaid Visa card program that really kind of let everyone be able to easily live on crypto, at least in the U.S., but hopefully the world after that. And so I got CEO Marshall Greenwald back on the podcast to talk again about the exciting bunch of things that Ionia's got going on this year, because at least in my opinion, no one's been more laser focused and probably effective at going from zero to 100 in terms of adoption usability for cryptocurrencies. So anyway, I hope you enjoy this chat. Hey everyone, I have the fantastic pleasure of once again speaking with the one and only Marshall Greenwald. How's it going? Good, how are you? Thanks for having me. Ah, I'm doing fantastic, thanks. Uh, a big, obviously consistent user of Ionia stuff. And it seems like you guys have been on a, a little bit of a tear lately, at least as far as getting new integrations, getting a bunch of new products out there. And then you piqued my interest also mentioning something about a merchant thingy. And so there's just a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff going on. So um, obviously we've chatted before a few different times, but um, let's just give the breakdown of Ionia. So first off, um, the company used to be called Craypay, right? And rebranded or is it a different company or how does that work? Yeah, we, we originally formed the company with uh, the, the strategy was a mobile app that allowed consumers to um, save instantly on all their purchases. Um, that app, you know, still exists, it's called CrayPay, um, but it was very expensive for us to go after direct-to-consumer marketing efforts, right, to get individuals to download an app and use it regularly. And what we figured out is with some of our technology, we could actually expand the use case beyond um, just the, the initial payment um, modalities that we had and start supporting other technologies, but then expand that to what we call a white label where our distribution model is we license it to clients and those clients use it uh, to provide value to their end users that they already have. So this um, allows us to get scale much faster. When we had just the CrayPay app, um, we had about uh, roughly 100,000 users in the CrayPay app. And today we have tens of millions of users through Ionia as a whole. Um, just a quick backstory, because I think it's kind of cool and um, mm -hmm. relevant to a lot of the topics you and I have talked about. Um, the name Ionia um, comes from an ancient uh, part of Greece, and they were right at the epicenter of trade globally. Everyone kind of came through there on the Silk Road to, to trade, and uh, they, they pioneered, or credited at least, with pioneering the very first physical currency, which is actually in our logo right here. Uh, that little square stamp it was made out of electrum which is part silver and part gold and um also a really great crypto good. reference exactly yes exactly and they uh most people don't know about them today but we're impacted by them thousands of years later we still use physical you know coins and and paper money uh which is really their their innovation that they're credited with and so we look at ourselves now as a white label platform People don't need to know what we do or even that we exist, the end users don't, um, but we're still um, striving to improve how humans transact for the next several thousand years. Yeah, I mean, so far it's been, um, it's it's kind of interesting how uh, my perspective obviously come from the crypto world and I just want to spend crypto places. And 
it, way back in the day, there was this company, I think it's still around, called Gift, G-Y-F-T, which provisioned gift cards you could buy with Bitcoin. And they were all in like $20, $25 increments or like, so, but you could buy something and after a while you had to wait for confirmations and then kind of use it. It was like a, a janky kind of workaround, but it, it let you spend your crypto on like real things. And then ever since there, since that point, um, I remember uh, the the former CEO of Dash Core Group, Ryan Taylor, was kind of spearheading this payments mission of like, let's try to figure out that one missing ingredient to uh-huh. make people spend crypto, make, make it useful for people. And uh-huh. then I remember there was like a partnership with rewards.com to try to like, uh-huh. oh, get people to buy and they get the rewards in Dash and then they can spend it and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, it didn't really work out. Then there was like eGifter and it's like, that's another great gift card platform that they let you pick precise amounts. There's like all this stuff. And then when finally Dash Direct came around, my first thought was, this is, you know, this is cool. I look, I look forward to it, but this is not going to, this is not going to be it. It just is like the better gift card thing of the day. And then after using it, I realized that, oh, this is, and already I'd be using, you know, BitRefill, which, you know, sorry to throw out a competitor there, but they're, they're good, you know, they have a good user experience and it just, it was an improvement over that. And I was like, this is nice, but I was already sold. I didn't realize it could sell other people too, that now people who wouldn't want to like dink around with BitRefill and stuff, get their, their, their map and their geolocation and like, they can just kind of buy right there. And so first off it started there but like as usual like one good idea just stops but it turns out that's not where it stops uh, so first off the i own a gift card platform uh, has kind of cropped up in a few different areas most notably with like the cake wallet um so would you mind giving a few little up is, is there anything significant that has changed in the in the the basic gift card platform since um, the Dash Direct days, other than adding other coin support, and you know, obviously outside of Dash Direct, and which wallets is it currently in that you can think of today? Yeah, so um, I appreciate your comments about the user experience. We really do try to focus on that. Um, one of the the things that uh, I want to share is like you um, when you and I first met, you were telling me how you're living on crypto and how much of a you know, frankly, pain in the ass it is, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, you, you basically pioneered, like, what is the worst to the best you know, user experience to, to live on daily for everybody else to figure out? And um, it really got me thinking about, you know, where we could disrupt, um, you know, and, and provide real value to people. A lot of it is on the, uh, like, we, we don't need to create a currency. There's great currencies that exist in the crypto world. Um, and people are already aware of them, have access to buy and, and exchange for them. But like, how do you actually spend them and how do you make that a, a, as close to a web two type experience as possible? And our first foray into that was in the gift cards um, because we had a gift card platform already. Um, we now are expanding that into two other areas that we can talk about today um, that go beyond just the gift card. But uh, with that, that platform, of course, that's the one that's adopted by other clients um, in addition to Dash today. Um, Cake Wallet, as you mentioned, as well as their sister company or their sister wallet from the same company, um, which is uh, Monero.com Wallet. Um, and then Edge is using us a little bit differently today. They're actually doing um, spend fiat and earn crypto rewards um, with our merchants or our gift card platform. Um, and then we have Kinesis is in beta right now. Kinesis is an exchange. Um, what I think they do that's interesting is it's, um, they have KAU and KAG, which are digital representations of physically allocated gold and silver. Mm-hmm. Um, so it allows you to instantly spend gold and silver um, in the real world, which is really cool. Um, so each of our clients is using it a little bit differently. We have several more coming. Um, CoinFlip um, is in development right now. Um, Pravici is a, a, a DLT, like a based on hyperfabric or hyperledger fabric, excuse me. Um, that's a rewards platform using our gift cards as well. So there's a lot of uh, kind of penetration on the crypto side. We also have you know more traditional type clients like travel industry and you know member benefit organizations. Um, but what I'm really excited about is where we're taking the product in 2023. 
And um, if you look at like the consumer facing product, um, it's really based first now around a card, a Visa card. We've joined the Visa network as a partner. And this Visa card, or there's multiple versions, but the Visa cards can be used to um, instantly spend your crypto um, in a non-custodial environment without giving up your privacy. So those are, I think, really important um, to the marketplace. And we finally struck the right partnerships. As you know, we tried to do this once before and uh, didn't have the right partnerships between the bank and the network and ended up not living for very long. There was a beta for a couple months with Dash and uh, that beta with uh, another client lasted like an hour uh, before we had to close it down and figure out who to partner with to, to do it. So we're excited to bring that to market um, this year. We're also offering on the merchant side, as you mentioned earlier, instant payments uh, through what we call Ionia Pay. Ionia Pay allows a consumer to pay a merchant and the merchant gets the funds in real time um, and they're irreversible and they're at a lower cost than traditional credit cards. This is a really um, significant um, uh, milestone for the entire payment industry. Today, as you probably know, receiving payment from a consumer to a merchant takes several days if you pay with a card. Um, and we have the ability to do that in about five seconds uh, to fully settled. So that piece of it will include the ability to pay the merchant with crypto as well. Um, but we are we have probably about three more months to get that fully um, ready for market um, for the IONUPAY solution. Uh, we're adding quite significant um, options and, and functionality. So we, we want to launch it and launch it right, just like you said with Dash Direct give the best user experience you can and and people will use it even if there are alternatives in the marketplace so yeah so about i mean the gift card things pretty solid um I, the discounts are also pretty solid that's a good incentive for people to try something different uh and obviously the dash direct ones uh so far seem to be one of the some of the more attractive ones which is always nice uh with the card thing i did try the card thing and when it was in that first beta and it was you know Everyone loved it, and I got people. I mean, I didn't have to try very hard, but there was people who were fans of other cryptocurrencies who did not really like Dash very much, who were starting to use Dash now because of this one feature. The whole powerful, I can actually live on this. I don't have to check if it's like a Chipotle. Like you know, I can mm -hmm. go to my local coffee shop that you know I can pay anything and don't have to like check. Again, it sounds like I'm complaining, but like the the great. Uh, user experience offering of look at all these major retailers, but it's still not everything. Just the everything else payment really worked. And the reloadability was also fantastic. Now, of course, yeah. I understand that that's going to be a little bit of a tricky thing to replicate in the in the beginning. Um, now, as far as the user, first off, as far as um, why don't you just go into more? Um, have you nailed down what the card programs are going to be? I know that there was some um, discussion on the card programs previously. I just don't want to don't want to say like, hey, tell me about these things that like you're still figuring out. Yeah, no, that's great, and and it's a very fair observation that there's more friction in the gift card tool. But you know that's not a secret, right? Go buy a gift card and redeem a gift card. That's obviously two steps, and yeah, I should, um, whichever merchants. I should uh, give a, a little side note that in particular, it's more of a thing around kind of where I live because. Uh, the prevalence of big box chains is just just not there the same. Whereas when I lived in Phoenix, it's just that's all there is. It's just like big box everything. So it's like the user experience, the the usability or the, uh -huh. the usefulness for the average, you know, Phoenician versus a granite stater is very, you know, kind of different on that. But sorry, go ahead. No, you're exactly right. I mean, we have merchants in every area, but. Um, there are parts of the country where, um, you know, chain stores are much bigger um, and more prevalent, uh, you know, here in Phoenix, like I, my office here in Tempe, Arizona, if I pull up one of our apps and look at our um, nearby section where it shows everything around you based on proximity, I mean, there's literally a hundred different brands and each of them has multiple <laughs> locations, but where you live, it might be, you know, three, right? It might be a much smaller number. And that's one of the reasons that we moved into the actual, what we call open loop cards, where right? Visa, MasterCard, Amex, and Discover, um, we, we selected uh, Visa to partner with, but it, it allows you to just spend it anywhere. Um, obviously it doesn't have that 
um, discount associated with it that we get on the gift card products from the mm -hmm. merchant. Um, but there's still um, opportunities for us to tie rewards to it. So one of the pieces that you may not know about um, is we have what's called a card linked offer network. So what this is, is when we issue you, uh, let's say a Dash Direct card or a Cake Pay card, um, that card is automatically added into our reward network. And there's about 52,000 places that you can just use the card and earn crypto rewards without having to uh, go buy a gift card in the middle. You just literally use the card like you normally would and you'll get rewards back into your crypto wallet, uh, which I think is a, a phenomenal thing to kind of complete the ecosystem of not just the spending piece, but also the earning side of it. Yeah. So how does that work for the practical US, UX perspective? Let's say I, I use this card at some place. I put, I, you know, spend $50 with a card and then do I get crypto sent to a wallet that I pre-designate after that? Yeah, exactly. So for example, um, it's a little different per client, how that gets done with Dash. Um, what happens is you just paste your receive address into the initial flow of getting the card and then we'll automatically send the rewards there. We built what's uh, basically like a wallet that we host in our uh, backend and then we, we load it up with Dash and then we send a re uh, request basically with your wallet address and say, send this much dash to this address. So that um, that's kind of the standard model. And then with some of our clients like Edge, they have a, a much tighter integration where we can actually use their APIs. And so you don't even have to give us your wallet address. It pulls up what they call their drawer and it says like, oh, here's my Bitcoin, my dash, my whatever. You just pick which one you want your rewards to go to. And then we automatically send the rewards there for every transaction. And you can, of course, change that. Um, mm -hmm. you know, from time to time, but yeah, so it really, um, pretty significant advancement as a big effort for us to build the, the crypto rewards in a hosted wallet. Um, so we had to build all of that, um, any pay shout out to them, um, actually built a lot, a lot of that functionality for us. since it was kind of in their wheelhouse, uh, to build the, the wallet piece of it. Um, but yeah, so we've got some really, um, great user experience. What I love about it, most card linked offers today require you to actually go activate the offer first so you have to like think okay what where am i going to go select the offer it's more like the gift card experience right you kind of have to like go pick the merchant and choose what happens with ours is we've we've built it where um you can just use the card and automatically get the reward if you qualify now we will list all of the offers uh, they show you know along with the gift card offer so you can see them and you can look for them and go by look, you know, what's close to me or look by name or category, whatever. But you don't have to do anything ahead of time. You can literally just use your card and get the reward. Hmm. So what's the reward typically? So well, there's a few different programs. Why don't you mention which ones those are first and then we go into like the specifics? Yeah. So I think you um, I think you're referring to like the different types of merchants. So we have gift card merchants where it's generally about three to five percent. Um, crypto back, discount, cash back, or we even do stock for some of our clients where you can earn like Tesla stock, for example, if you mm. want for your reward, which is kind of cool. We just announced that yesterday. Um, and then we also have card linked offers and card linked offers are really interesting. They're more of like what you'd see, like if you have a chase card and you go in their portal and you say, I want this offer. And then if you go there within 24 hours, you get the, the reward. But we've built ours where we automate the what they call marketing attribution. So the reason that the merchants want Chase customers to click the offer is they want to know that Chase drove them to their business, right? They don't want to just mm -hmm. give you money and Chase had nothing to do with that activity. Um, so what we do is we use our patented um, proximity and behavioral module that says like, hey, we're making these offers to our customers based on their proximity to them. And so then we automatically get what they call marketing attribution, which means the user experience is much better. You don't have to do anything ahead of time. You just swipe the card. So I don't know if that addressed kind of where yeah. you wanted to tackle that. But Yeah, well, there's that. And then also as far as like the Visa program specifically, I do remember before ah. seeing that there was going to be like three, there was going to be two that's like a no KYC type deal and the one that was. And I don't, and then I remember there's a slight modification, at least in the name in one of them. And then, yeah, I don't know where, where those stand today. Yeah, no, thank you for, for that. Um, 
there's multiple visa programs and multiple banks that we're working with to launch them. So this is a really big undertaking. We we learned a lot from um, having a unsuccessful launch uh, where kind of the regulatory stuff was a question and that was what ultimately led to the problem. It wasn't really anything we were doing wrong. It's just that people are very concerned about anything that touches crypto and rightfully mm -hmm. so. I mean, look what's happened this past couple months with BlockFi <laughs> and I mean, everything. It, it just, yeah, Disaster. the whole thing's collapsing. But the thing is, that's not crypto. And you and I know that. But like the average banker that's approving card programs, they don't know the difference between BlockFi and Ionia, you know, and versus, you know, anything else that's out there. You know, and so our, our effort has really largely been on getting um, what we call memorandums from outside counsel, where they do a full review of our model, our funds flow, all of the laws related to this and then give us a memorandum that says here's here's why this is not falling under regulated entity here's why this is compliant without kyc here's the structure where that does work here's a structure that would make that not work so that was a very expensive and time-consuming effort but we have great counsel that helped us put that together um, so once that was done and we went to uh, visa and partnered with them and this was really important because they can ultimately decide if a program should exist or not, even if you have a bank that that wants to do something. So you have to get the network to really understand your model and what you're doing and your compliance um, framework. So Visa has partnered with us. They're actually compensating us to to launch the card programs on their network. So we have a very strong partnership with them. And then we've identified different banks that have the technical feasibility and the um, the are of the size and scale that they'll take the time to understand our regulatory framework as well and help mm -hmm. us stand up these programs. So um, there's three different programs as far as like how we um, message them. Ultimately, we can build any number of programs with different characteristics and different ways of using them. But specifically for the crypto community, our focus is on providing the functionality that you need to live off of crypto and then also try to align that the best we can with kind of the principles behind why somebody like you might want to live on crypto rather than having bank accounts as your your source of funds. And so what that means is we had to align the regulatory piece, the product set, and um, the steps required of the customer at each step in that uh, process. So the biggest one, as you know, is uh, KYC. And KYC gets a, a really bad rap because um, you know, those of us in the crypto community are often privacy advocates. We don't feel like just to spend money that we have, we should have to give up all of our identity information, including our social and date of birth and our home address and all of that stuff. Um, the way that we've built our products, as you pointed out, we have two that don't require KYC. They fall within a specific exemption um, from FinCEN for that uh, requirement. And they both, um, have a lot of great functionality. One of them has what I think is a better user experience, but a more limited um, optionality. You can't use it outside the United States. And then that's what we call the Visa Rewards uh, Plus. This will be like our core product for crypto enthusiasts. So you just use your self-custody wallet, you immediately, or you send your funds, you immediately have access on your Visa and you go use it. It's not reloadable, something you had asked about a minute ago. Um, because of some questions still remaining around a specific sentence in FinCEN's guidance. So we're still working through that. I think we might get there, but it's it's a it's a 50 50 at this point. Like I could convince myself that it's compliant, but I, I don't know if I could convince a regulator. And so we're just staying away until we get to that point where we have that framework really solid. The um, <clears throat> the program is the closest to what you saw before. Uh, in the beta if you just take off the reloadability, right? So that's kind of what that product looks like, um, how it'll work. So, you know, get that instant transaction, you can go use the card, you don't give it, like literally to activate the card, you just say activate. You don't give any information, which mm -hmm. is I think very unique, right? To just say, I want my card and there's your card. Um, and then to add the funds to it in real time and just go spend it. Um, the, uh, the, the global one is the other product that's no KYC. Um, we don't control the user experience though. There's like basically a link that you have to click and then that takes you to a website 
we might embed that into the app or kind of looking at if that fits properly and kind of if we can make a better UX around it. But the idea of that one is you can use it anywhere, right? Um, you know, it, it's a no KYC card. It's not reloadable. There's no physical option with that one, um, but you can just use it in any country. We've done testing in Canada, Mexico, Italy, all successfully, as well as the US, of course. Um, we had some unsuccessful tests in other parts of Europe and um, the Philippines. So we're still trying to work out with the bank like why those particular instances ran into an issue and see if we can resolve that. We may have to, um, we basically have two products that we can fit in there from two different banks. We may have to say this one works in these countries and this one works in these countries and kind of fill the global map with two different card products from two different banks. But we're working on that as well. Um, the third one is what we call our, our Visa Rewards Premium. And this is actually just a card that does anything you want it to do. You can go withdraw cash from an ATM. You can spend it internationally. Um, you can send money to another person. Like it's totally unrestricted as far as functionality, um, but it does require KYC and that's per FinCEN's you know, re requirements there. So what we're picturing, and this may or may not apply in all apps, maybe not for Dash, for example, but we may include a path where somebody can uh, when they try to do something that the other programs aren't allowed to do, then mm -hmm. we push them into an option that says, hey, you know, to, to do this, to add funds again, or to go to an ATM, you know, finish an a or complete a KYC application and give them the choice if they want to do that or stay within the other programs that have the, the restrictions on them. Mm, interesting. And so that's kind of thought of more as like a, like a super, like, let's get the average crypto normie who's not going to do jump through hoops to spend this stuff. Who's not going to mess around with gift cards. Just let them not change anything about their life other than they pr press a couple buttons to move their money from their crypto to their spendy stuff. Spendy stuff. Yeah. Spendy stuff. To their yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. of course. <laughs> yeah. I like your technical terms. Apparently I told you about our merchant thingy. Merchant thingy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, as far as the, the international card, um, you mentioned about the UX is a little bit more outside of your control. So meaning you buy one, you, you go in the car, you go in the app, you buy the card and they would say, click a link. And then you, it uh -huh. opens up, not you guys's UX at all, but another UX just says activate card or whatever. And then you do that and you get the information. Is that kind of what you're talking yeah. about? I, more or less. We're still trying to figure out if we can actually bring it into our experience so that we have control over it. But as of right now, we definitely don't. Um, and I don't know if I'm able to screen share, but I could actually show you uh, one of them. All right, so this is what it looks like then. Yeah, so there's basically a link that takes you here. Um, obviously, this is just a test card, but it's like $10 or something. So if somebody wants that card number, go use it. But um, so it, it doesn't allow us to like bring this in through APIs, like into our app experience. So we're picturing is we'd have like a representation of that card showing the amount that's on it, et cetera. And then you click it and then it would open this potentially in the same app. And then you just see your instructions over here, your current balance, and then all your transactions here, as well as your um, fee structure for international transactions. So we're kind of picturing that we can embed this into that same experience. But there's a couple things I like about this program. It's international, no KYC, we get the card immediately. You can provision it into your um, digital wallet on your phone. Um, and that actually works great. Um, in my testing, uh, I literally just tap my, like put it in my wallet and just tapped it and it was immediate, it was really slick. Um, so a lot of great functionality, but like I said, it does have this kind of different user experience where we just have a link. We can't control how this is laid out or what information is here. So we're kind of working through if there's a way to improve upon that a bit. When you do the send to so first off, that, that screen is what happens when you get the card. Now, if you mm -hmm. revisit the app, every time mm -hmm. you check out the card details or balance, you still have to go to the external link. Is that correct? Yeah, what we're picturing is like, picture in Dash Direct, you'd have, instead of a gift card, you'd have your Visa here, and it would say the original date of purchase and the amount that you purchased it for. But when you click on that, it would open up the browser inside mm -hmm. the app 
and show you that page that I was sharing and it would show you like the, the balance and the history. So you wouldn't ever have to like keep track of that link or create a login. It would be protected within the, the app itself, within the wallet. Yeah, it's so when you talk, there's like a, a one click-ish send to digital wallet feature in this thing? Uh, unfortunately, there's no click. You have to actually copy and paste the information mm -hmm. into the wallet. Uh, which is another thing that we don't love about the the user experience, but it it has added to all the wallets successfully, um, Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, and Google Pay. Um, so at least it's consistent across the board. But it is copy and paste the number. Now if this is maybe a, a triviality or a technicality to most people listening, but I don't care because I want to know. Um, I when I've used the when I've used these kinds of things before, um, it seems to be that. So for example, these like prepaid type cards, I can scan through like Google Pay or whatever and input the card details, but they still want like an address and a phone number and all this stuff. And by the time I come up with whatever like numbers, whatever stuff makes the prompt go away or whatever, it's still like, it's not like an instant at because it doesn't do that. So for this thing, if you copy the card details, does it include like an address and number just to make the, the digital wallet happy with whatever? Yeah, so that it's actually not a trivial point. Um, we for most people listening, it probably is, but not for people <laughs> that use this stuff. Yeah, for 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 those who are living on it, and, but but it's it's not trivial for us because you need to, if if you're really going to say this is a, a privacy focused card, and it mm -hmm. doesn't require KYC, all of these little touch points have to work without you providing your actual information. Mm -hmm. So things like you just described, putting it into your wallet or paying an online merchant who, uh, you know, asks for your address and zip code and, you know, stuff like we have to make sure that that works without you having to compromise your privacy. So what we've done is we've made sure that these products work um, no matter what information you put in. So you can put into your uh, Samsung Pay wallet and just put in, you know, 11111 is the zip code or whatever and put whatever name you want and it'll still approve the transaction that the wallet um, completes with our bank to confirm that transaction is valid. Mm -hmm. And so that stuff comes when you copy and paste the details, all that, you know, pre all that stuff comes with it. So you don't have to manually type in a bunch of stuff yourself. You would type it in manually. So the, mm -hmm. the copy button on the card just copies the card number mm -hmm. and then you would manually type in the, uh, CVV, the expiration date, and the billing details. Um, but what we have done is gotten the bank to approve it when there's no specific um, address or name tied to the card, which normally would fail, right? If you just take a mm -hmm. traditional debit card, credit card, and you go try to add it to your wallet, it's going to actually check to make sure all that stuff matches. And the issuing bank, if you don't put in the right information, isn't going to approve that transaction. So you wouldn't be able to add it to your wallet. So those are the kind of like user experience pieces that we're, you know, working through with all of our, our bank partners to make sure we can, you know, provide the, uh, the value prop of, of being privacy focused without, you know, <laughs> running into, you know, major features like digital wallet support that wouldn't work. Yeah. And so the, uh, the US only version, um, and that has UX is inside the wallet, inside the app itself, right? You don't have to do an external page. Now, what's it like sending that to uh, your digital wallet? Yeah, great question. We will have a push to provision button in the app. So it'll say something like add to my digital wallet or something. You click that and then it, we push it into your wallet for you. Um, that requires uh, what they call push entitlements from mm -hmm. the, the various wallets. Um, we have gotten those, um, so we can do that, but there's a bit of a technical like piece to build that functionality for each wallet. So, um, you know, each of our wallet partners that are just using our APIs, will still have to build that on their part. Mm -hmm. Um, but with the dash direct where we control the front end right now, um, you know, we do, we do plan on having that functionality in there. Yeah. And so that, that as well. So when you hit push to provision, then it just adds adds the card number and the details, but then you would still have to type out your address or whatever, or the fake address you want to put in. Or um, no, actually push to revision is literally just click. Mm. I mean, there's a, there's a flow like Apple is a little different from Samsung mm -hmm. or, or Google, but like there's a flow where they, 
they have you put a nickname for the card and then confirm or whatever. But yeah, it's literally just push and then all the information on the card is actually over there. Um, mm -hmm. So there's no need to like manually enter any of the card information or the billing information. Yeah, so when I'm thinking about like timing wise, uh, so it could be that I have literally zero fiat and that I go into some establishment and I'm like, what's the bit? And I, I kind of, let's just say for, for simplicity's sake, I estimate that the bill is going to be somewhere around a hundred dollars. It turns out to be 93, but whatever, who cares? And I can just buy a hundred dollars of a card and then push it to the thing and then tap and pay at the register, you know, and, and that whole, the entire flow could be like a minute or so. No, I mean, it's not expected to be that long. Um, mm -hmm. This should be so a couple of points because you can load up to $1,000 per card. Mm -hmm. We expect most people who are going to be using it regularly will load more than they need for an individual transaction. Yeah. Um, so you might load, you know, $250 on there um, on that card and then provision it to your wallet. And then when you go in, you all you would have to do is just tap your phone. Right, it's just as easy as any other um, wallet transaction. If you were going to do it on the fly, the uh, process should be about 10 to 13 seconds for you to open the app, log in. Uh, you know, say I want a Visa card, put in the amount, and have it added, you know, created, and funded. And then you would, um, and most of that's just the steps of clicking through the screens, right? And then the um, provisioning to the wallet with a push provision is you know, like one to two seconds. So you should be able to complete this much faster than a minute. Um, but, you know, again, I think most people are going to be inclined to have a card that has more than just what they need for that purchase. Um, you know, the gift card model that works really well because you may not be spending money at the same merchant again for a while, yeah, of course. but when it's Visa and you can use it anywhere, there's not really a, a downside to putting a little bit more on there. Obviously those of us who like to, you know, uh, live on crypto or just have a lot of our assets in crypto, we may not want to put a whole bunch on there. We might want to do a smaller amount than somebody who, you know, is less of an advocate for this type of thing. But, you know, regardless, we all kind of do the same thing today, right? I, I have a debit card. I don't keep just what I need for that transaction and keep the rest in savings, mm -hmm. right? I keep most of it in checking or I keep enough in checking to cover most of my expenses. And then I just move money from savings, you know, on a, on an infrequent basis. So, yeah. Now, as far as, so there's no reloadability yet, or maybe ever, depending on how, how awful FinCEN is, but, uh, there can you, let's just say you have, um, a $93 and 78 cents purchase and you buy $95 of visa credit and you buy it. Now you just have like what the crypto world calls a dust amount on the card, right? You just have a little, it doesn't do anything. You can't buy anything these days. Not even like yeah. a, a McDonald's breakfast sandwich or whatever. Yeah. So can you then delete and refund the balance of the card? Yeah, what we've done, and actually this was your feedback. So thank you for, for this idea. Um, they're doing well, your competitor research for you. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> You're doing our UXR. Mm -hmm. um, so what, what we've built is we have a digital wallet that stores a fiat balance or can store a fiat balance um we just call the wallet that um is it lives within our apis so when you say hey i've got a small amount on this visa and i'm not going to use it there's an option to delete the card when you delete that card we do a couple things simultaneously number one we set that card to inactive uh within our bank partner um, so that they know this card can't be used anymore because we know it can't be spent, but you've already sent the money to us, we take those funds and put them into the digital wallet. So now you've got $1.15 or whatever amount in your digital wallet. When you make a purchase in our apps, whether that's for a Visa or a gift card, there's an option to apply your account balance. So let's say you were buying another $100 Visa and you had $1.15, if you apply that balance, we would only be requesting crypto to support the remaining amount um, the dollar fifteen already being covered for you, so you can literally with just that toggle, which defaults to on anyway, um, you would just automatically have that amount applied onto the next card without having to pay for it again. Yeah. So in my, it, I guess in my estimation, this is kind of the, um, the UX 
uh, flow of if for people who really don't want to have any fiat balance whatsoever is yeah. you go into establishment, you do, you might not know exactly how much you're going to spend, but you know, an upper limit probably like if lunch is like $150, I mean, you're going to be in trouble, but like, I don't know where you're eating. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so as you like enter, you're like, Oh, I'm going to, I, you decide to spend there as you're in line, you just a few seconds buy the card, push to your wallet. And when the time comes beep and you're out, and then yeah. you just delete it, delete the card and have some little, little dust balance floating around there. And then the next, you go right next door. You're like, oh, I would also like something here. And then you go apply those funds, pay the little crypto, make the card, and then it's just yeah. a tap. Or if you're just like really detest the thought of having a fiat balance, you could wait for the cashier to tell you the exact amount that you need and then just like hold up the line a little bit while you're buying the, the exact amount of the card and hope that there's the lady, hope the lady next to you after you is going to pay with the check just so people forget about how long you, you made everyone wait. Yeah. Well, and it's an interesting point too. like another reasoning for maybe buying more in advance is you can order the physical card for that. So the visa rewards premium and the visa rewards plus you can get a physical card. And so it might make sense for you to have a physical card and then you just swipe it. You don't have to worry about all that, but you would obviously have to have already put funds on it to cover the purchases. Um, and so it's not, it's not economical to do like just a card for the amount of your coffee. You'd have to wait for the card to get shipped to you. And you know, the mm -hmm. cards cost $5. So like probably not economical, but if you're saying, Hey, I, I live on crypto. I know this week I'm going to spend, you know, next week I'm going to spend, you know, $500 and, you know, face-to-face -face purchases, like I'd love to have a physical card for it. Then you can just order that. It's $5, including shipping. We mail it to you direct and it's, you know, totally KYC list still, even with uh, shipping it to you, which has really been a challenge too, to kind of figure out how to obfuscate that across the, the, the databases. But we figured out how to do that as well. So, yeah. So then the strategy for, and I'm kind of like spoiling my own future content when I show people how to do all this stuff, but like, then the future thing would be you bet buy the biggest card you can probably in physical card. And then you do that on the fly, kind of like over buy and then delete kind of thing for all digital stuff. And that's the emergent, the physical one's the emergency one for when you go someplace that just doesn't have an NFC reader, you know, it's in the stone yeah. age. So that's kind of where you're at now, as far as the, um, as the provision, as cool as it is to provision to, your digital wallet. I mean, I did have to go through some extra setup type stuff to, to use a digital wallet because I just don't because I wouldn't use banks and stuff. Um, I remember way back when there's some conversation of like an in-app NFC kind of a thing. And then that ended up being like, well, that's not the most efficient way of getting things done. We're, we're going a different route. So what are the barriers to doing an in-app NFC? Obviously, if you had an app like Dash Direct, for example, a standalone app, you could build it, but you'd have to figure it out yourself probably. But like, what about wallets that have some sort of an NFC component to them, but that already built out? Like, how does that, how would that work? Or, I mean, obviously you're going one way, it's kind of yeah. crying over spilled milk maybe, but like, what about that stuff? No, I actually still want to do it for, for a number of reasons. Um, actually less for this, but also, but more for like our general, usability. We have some really great plans for our user experience on the gift cards as well, but they require us to figure out NFC direct mm. through our app. Um, there's really two challenges when it comes to NFC today on phones. The first is the kind of locked down from the digital wallets. So like mm -hmm. on an iPhone, Apple basically blocks everybody else's access to NFC device. Um, you know, on that, from what I understand, there may be some um, ways to do it, but like as far as we've seen, they don't allow just anyone to use the NFC reader on the on the device. Um, the other, and again, this was like a while ago that we were working on this. Like you said, we abandoned it because of that, and because the technical challenges of being able to do it, it's not the same skill set as building the other technology that we built, and so we'd need to bring somebody in who has some experience with that and. Um, we just hadn't found anyone yet. I think we do have that on the team now full time. Um, so we may be able to, to launch that functionality. We have two uh, front end developers who have built NFC 
uh, functionality before. So I'm excited to put them on that when we're ready for them to shift their focus to it and see what they can come up with. But the team that we had uh, at the time we were trying to do it, just we were banging our heads against the wall, kind of running into one, one issue after another. Also another kind of interesting nuance, probably not interesting to anyone else, but um, to test these kinds of things, you can't like fake it. You have to actually get a credit card terminal and actually try to make a payment with it and have it set up for NFC and an actual merchant account. You can't like fake it, right? Yeah, so your local uh, coffee have, place must love you. Yeah, right. Well, most of our developers are offshore and they can't access a U.S. merchant to try this. So, and so they it's can't on access, you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Coffee so, like, number one, twelve of the day. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it, it just became a little cumbersome, um, kind of on multiple fronts, yeah. but I think we will end up figuring it out on this go around. And uh, we've, we've expanded the team quite a lot too. Mm -hmm. I think when we built the original Dash Direct launched July of 2021 with just the gift card functionality, at that time, we had seven people at Ionia. Mm -hmm. And today we're close to 60. Um, so we've grown, you know, by leaps and bounds and we have a, a phenomenal product and development team. Um, our CTO and our director of product have just joined in the last couple of weeks, basically at the beginning of this year. Um, and really excited for the progress they're already making, but, um, you're, you're going to see, you know, I think we've always had great products, but I think you're going to see, um, a fresh set of ideas and the, the user experience side and the product build side as well as a, a new level of reliability and performance um, brought in by our, our new technical resources. So very excited for what um, what the team can do here. Obviously, it's a lot of um, a lot of people to get up to speed on all our different products because it's a very um, large product set within Ionia and it's grown a lot even just um, in the last three months. But um, I think we're making great progress towards those goals. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, last in the weeds question uh, on that thing. Have you ever thought of making a master standalone Ionia app? And the reason for that is, so there's various functionality. So for example, um, Ionia supports Bitcoin Cash, I'm sure, I'm sure right? However, mm -hmm. to my knowledge, there's no way to buy gift cards with Bitcoin Cash through Ionia because none of the wallets support it. So like CakePay has all this stuff, but Cake does not support Bitcoin Cash. Edge has Bitcoin Cash, but does not support, you can earn it through using your credit card, but you can't do it the other way. And so have, have you ever thought of like, similar to Dash Direct, except for like all Ionia features, including like the earn, you know, the, the credit card earn part, the, you know, all supported cryptos can be used. Have you ever thought about just doing a standalone one? That's, that's interesting you bring that up. So we're kind of, kind of working on that, but, more so to be able to demonstrate our technology to our clients or for um, course yeah well the the challenge is like there's so much to our technology do you 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 risk confusing a user mm -hmm. that's just downloading the app right whereas when our cro goes out to demonstrate our technology he knows okay for this opportunity here's what i want to show them and they he can walk them through it right? As opposed, you know, very guided kind of experience, whereas you just put it out in the marketplace and somebody downloads it, like, you know, it could be a little overwhelming. But I think we made um, some really uh, interesting breakthroughs on that front. What we're looking at, and, and I think I kind of alluded to this early on in the call or in the, the discussion here today, we started with like the gift card platform, then we added card linking offers, and we added a Visa card, and we had, you know, it's like a lot of pieces. And I think what we really boiled it down to is the basis of the program, the, the kind of product highlighted in the user experience in the future is mm -hmm. going to be the Visa cards, right? And then the gift cards are, are ways to earn rewards, right? And the mm -hmm. CLOs are ways to earn rewards. They're not necessarily the, um, the main interaction point. And I think this is important because as you pointed out, gift cards, there's a lot more friction and it's a limited use case on where you can go use them. So by having the visa as the core product, um, you will get top of wallet status where the users can use it all the time. They don't have to go, okay, is this, as you said, is this a merchant where I could use 
one of the gift cards and do it differently, they don't even have to think about that. And, and interestingly, during the beta for Dash Direct's um, uh, card program that we originally launched, um, we saw that people would even use the Visa when they had the option to buy a gift card there. And um, not always, but, but fairly often. And even if it was somebody who had previously bought one of those gift cards to that merchant, so they knew, they clearly knew it was available, mm. right? But maybe because of time or the, the user experience, or maybe the reward was small and they just figured it's just easier to just use the Visa. And what I love about this is we're really giving the user the optionality. Use, use your crypto anywhere, yeah. do it in a private environment. And if you want to go through and, and buy a gift card, you can earn a reward for doing that. And here's all the brands that we can offer that for. So really letting the user decide how they want to engage with us. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, that sounds like madness because uh, not only do I like discounts, but to to my mind, um, a gift buying gift card is more crypto because you're you're spending at the merchant, you're buying something, you're buying the merchant's product, yeah, and then you're like there. You don't you don't have to go through a bank at all. You're just right. going buying a product uh, but that's just you know my craziness uh so you mentioned ionia pay like a merchant type solution and this this i could easily be another hour long rabbit hole but let's let's at least scratch the surface there yeah absolutely so uh we had a, a client that was trying to solve some specific problems and we were meeting with them and one of their senior guys kind of whiteboarded a solution and he said, if you can figure this out, I'll give you the green light. And the reason he was asked about that, I think, is they hadn't, uh, and they're, they're a, a name you would know, but they haven't been able to figure it out for decades themselves. And really what they were looking for is the ability to move money faster and cheaper than through card rails, right? Because when, when a merchant takes a visa, what, what not everyone knows this, but the, the merchant pays the fees to accept it. And yeah, merchants know this, yeah. They pay fees, they don't get the money for two business days, and they take all the risk that that card transaction was not authorized by the actual cardholder. So there's risk of chargebacks, which by the way, chargeback rate, or rates went up 22% in 2022, something like that, like huge increases in fraud rates. Yeah. And, and so merchants have long, long, long been um, really unhappy with the card schemes because it's expensive, it takes a long time, and they take all the risk and all the, the security you know, it was on them to figure out. So what we did is we figured out how to move money from a consumer's checking account to a merchant's checking account, do that in real time. And the funds are irreversible, meaning they can't be disputed. And the uh, cost for accepting that payment is lower than the traditional cost of taking a credit card. So it solves those three major problems that the payment industry has always had. Um, and uh, we're adding we're kind of expanding the use cases where we can cover uh, cover that with a transaction. Today, we can do crypto, of course, as you know. Um, we, that's been a big focus for us for a couple of years. So like um, crypto to fiat. Kind of, yeah, more or less. Uh, like basically the funds go into our, our partner who has the licenses to exchange it to uh, USD, and then it moves to their to our, to our a bank account through our platform right and then it can go out to the merchant's bank account so there's a couple hops in the middle but essentially the merchant gets usd and they get it um in near real time with no chargeback risk or anything like that mm -hmm. um, then there's uh paying with a debit card the consumer can enter their visa or mastercard debit card number and we move that money in real time to the merchant as well um which is i think very unique i don't think anyone else has that today and then the one we're working on right now that needs to be built, um, we've got some more scoping to do, but I think we're close, is the ability to just pay with your bank account. You just uh, like, you know, like a plaid type of experience where you say, oh, you know, log into my Chase account, pick the one I want to pay with, and then we can um, send the funds from there in real time, which, you know, again, I don't think anyone else has really brought this to market yet, but having these um, real-time payment solutions um, requires that we build a merchant interface, right? As everything else we do on the gift card network or the Visa network, it's just tying into their existing systems, right? Mm -hmm. But this will require a point of sale where yeah. the merchant can initiate the transaction. Yeah, and so that's something you're working on as far as like a, a 
releasing as like a back-end sort of product in the next couple of quarters. Um, but as far as the merchant point of sale thing, this is something that I've been, it's been a personal, I wouldn't say hell, but like a personal like journey of discovery and research in the last while because there's really no good solutions for at the point of sale, especially in the US for crypt, for businesses to take crypto. There just aren't any. Any pay was great. Any pay is kind of not focused on the front end <laughs> merchant app anymore. Mm-hmm. And there's some people trying to get that that going again. But uh, so would the approach then to be to build a new standalone uh, like merchant interface that kind of uses Ionia Pay in the background? Yeah, we actually have that today. So the um, I think you and I had a conversation on Discord about like mm-hmm. the timing on this, but we have that today. What it doesn't, what we haven't done, is the crypto um, transaction piece. So we we use what we call QR code payment. So we generate mm-hmm. a QR, user scans it. Right now, that scan goes back to pay with your debit card or your bank account. It doesn't have a, a link, but it's easy enough for us to make that link work just like our current apps do to bring in crypto. Um, but the other piece that is really the reason we haven't finished that is we have to build the onboarding and the underwriting for the merchant, right? Which we have to have like an interface where you can say, hey, my my name, my business name, our address, here's our information. Like based on uh, what we're doing for them, we have to actually underwrite the, the business and get them approved with our bank partners. Um, so we do have the tools um, on the back end, but we haven't built like that user interface for the merchant to submit their application. Um, but this will all be like by the end of this quarter, we should have all this ready um, to go. So very excited about that. I, I hadn't really focused on it being for the crypto use case, but we could potentially allow the, the merchant to say they want to accept crypto uh, rather than USD for their funding type, uh, their settlement type. And then we would actually just open a wallet for them somewhere like zero hash or wherever and then you know f- the funds would go there, and then we wouldn't have the conversion process. We would just have them end up with their their crypto. So, yeah, as far as like if they want to keep the crypto, right? Exactly. Yeah, if they wanted to manage crypto rather than have it just go to their bank account. Yeah. yeah. So now, how does this work out? From let's just say I have a local coffee shop or whatever local place that uses a toast point of sale system, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, you should use Ionia Pay because. You can take crypto and no, no risk and it goes to your bank faster, all this kind of good stuff. They're like, great. Now, do they need to just get rid of toast and like switch completely to this thing? Do they like, how do they have to have, it's like a side system that they do just for like the crypto and the other things they want to do? Or is, does it, is there a way to make it integrate directly into toast, for example? Yeah, that's a great, I mean, look, there's a lot of options that we could do in the future. Today, what we do is it's a web-based interface. So they just log into a website. They can do that on their Toast POS system on a set, on, with a web browser, mm-hmm. or they could, like they do with like DoorDash, they could have a, a separate tablet to run just the, the interface there. Um, what we will eventually have is our own standalone point of sale that has your inventory, your employees, your scheduling, your recipes, all of that built in. And that's where my background is. I obviously did payments for 22 mm-hmm. years, but uh, a big chunk of my clients were point of sale clients where I was building point of sale software for re- restaurants primarily, but also retail stores. So we may end up you know, having that by the end of this year. That's a longer project and it's not been the, the key focus for us at the moment, but I think that's the direction of the product on the merchant side is let them just like Square did, right? It was really just payments and then, you know, standalone little reader on your phone. And then now they have a full point of sale that you can replace your existing system with. I think that's kind of the product direction we'll take with that. But there's a lot to be seen in, in the initial launch and get feedback from merchants. So, but yeah, yeah, a lot, I mean, a lot to talk about here, but um, I really appreciate you uh, having me back on to talk through kind of all things Ionia, hopefully you found this interesting and yeah. uh, I think it gives you some insight into what our product roadmap looks like for 2023. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, the I guess the kind of weird rhetorical question at the end of this is, is any part of the crypto payment in- infrastructure over the next couple of years not going to be run by I- Ionia? Is there anything you guys are not touching? Cause it seems like you're kind of doing everything that you know better than everyone else at this point 
Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, nothing really comes to mind. I, we might even be doing on-ramping and you know stuff like that. So we're there's always regulatory stuff to look at in crypto. So if something is too big of a hurdle on the regulatory side, we may we may defer to other people to continue servicing that area. But we're kind of looking at everything. Nothing's off the table today. Have you thought of a bill pay solution? Because you brought it up to me, yes, we have. Uh, <laughs> I think a couple people have asked us. Um, the the big challenge there, as you saw with, I think it was BitPay, just closed theirs temporarily. Is it, it's yeah, down bit, to the bit bank. refill, yeah. Bit refill, excuse me. That's what I meant. Um, it's really down to the bank um, whether they have an appetite and whether they feel like it meets the regulatory framework. So, we'll we'll work through that with somebody here. Uh, thank you, Karen. Um, to just make sure that anything we do is is fully compliant and we understand how to manage it. But um, you know, if there's enough demand for it, I do have some connections in the bill pay space. I think a better strategy is to partner with them and basically just do the crypto payment piece and let them do the bill payment piece, which is their expertise, not ours. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, where can people follow all the cool stuff that INU is putting out over the next year or so? Yeah, we mostly post on, on uh, LinkedIn and uh, Twitter. Those are the two social media where we're actually active on a regular basis. Um, and then, you know, check out our website. It's going to get overhauled pretty quickly here to include all of our new products. But Ionia.io, that's I-O-N-I-A.io. Um, and then, of course, I'm on the uh, Dash uh, Discord. Um, you can always jump in the Dash Direct channel. And I op I'm open to PMs on there for any topic, even if it's not Dash related, just anything in general. So happy to uh, interact with people directly as well. All right, fantastic. Well, thanks for chatting. Hope you have a good one. And you're looking forward to using all the stuff in the coming months. Thank you. Appreciate it.